How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arm Scholar Podcast. In this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be giving you a recap of what has happened this week in the Second Amendment realm. One of the things that I would like to do is to provide you guys a semi-comprehensive podcast every single week of some of the highlights of what happened uh, this last week that maybe you missed, uh, give you some snippets of some episodes that were released, some of the primary information that you need to know. And in this episode of the podcast, we're going to be covering three main cases and three main topics that I have covered, one of them being the Texas Suppressor Freedom case, uh, which is currently up in the Fifth Circuit for review. We're also going to be covering the Oregon Measure 114 ban on so-called large capacity magazines and their permit to purchase restriction. And then also we're going to be covering the pistol brace issue that is uh, heavily talked about right now. Um, And so what we're going to be talking about in this podcast are three sections of two information that has been released this following week. So I hope you guys enjoy. They're going to be quick segments on each one of these. And if you like this type of podcast, let me know down in the uh, review section. Uh, Make sure you're following either if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon, whatever you're listening, make sure that you are following the podcast. And if you would like to leave reviews, because that does help the podcast side, this audio side of things to grow. And also make sure you share this around. If you find value in this type of audio format, this type of recap every single week, it's something I plan to do every single week. But if you find value in this, make sure you share it around because that is another way that you yourself, the listener, can help to organically grow this podcast and get this information out. So without further ado, first, we're going to jump into what has recently happened in Oregon with measure 114 and their restriction on magazines and their permit to purchase. We just received a huge decision and it was a huge win against the state of Oregon's magazine ban and their permit to purchase restrictions. Oregon Measure 114, which put in place a statewide permit to purchase and a magazine ban, was just ruled unconstitutional and struck down in its entirety. The state court judge in this case just issued a permanent injunction and his final decision against Measure 114. This specific case we're going to be talking about in this video and the decision that was just issued is the Arnold v. Kotek case, and it's a state lawsuit under the Oregon State Constitution. The Arnold case, again, is a state lawsuit filed by GOA against the state of Oregon and Measure 114. So again, huge shout out to GOA for this specific win, for this decision. And if you want to support the 2A cause, especially if you're in Oregon, go check out GOA and donate to them because they're the ones who got this decision for you. Now, the last time we talked about this specific state Arnold case, I informed you that the judge in this case extended the TRO, which barred the permit scheme from going into effect. And also he granted a preliminary injunction, which barred the magazine ban from also going into effect on a temporary basis. This was a significant temporary win in the case, which ultimately prevented measure 114 from fully going into effect. However, now in this case, it's all come to a head and we got a full ruling on the merits of the case. And this state court judge here, Robert Roscio, has ruled that Oregon Measure 114 in its entirety is unconstitutional and he's issued a permanent injunction. So we need to talk about what happened in this order and then what happens now going forward. Now, for those not familiar with Oregon Measure 114, let me explain generally what it did. Measure 114 first required that anyone purchasing a firearm had to get a permit to purchase. To obtain the permit to purchase, the resident would need to go through a bunch of safety training courses, go through a background check, get fingerprinted, show a valid ID, and then they could get a permit from their issuing agency. 
Under Measure 1-4, it would be generally unlawful for you to buy, sell, or transfer any firearms to anyone else unless that person receiving the firearm had a permit to purchase and also went through a background check. That rule also applied to all private party transfers and transactions, so it was a significant deal and it would pretty much create a huge roadblock to people being able to acquire and purchase firearms. Now, to obtain the permit, you would need to go to your local police chief, the county sheriff, or whoever, and submit an application, and then go through all those requirements, the background check, fingerprinting. Now, in response to this, multiple lawsuits were launched um, on the federal level and the state level. Uh, GOA, Gun Owners of America, filed this state lawsuit, which is Arnold v. Kotek. And then there was also a federal lawsuit, which we've talked about on the channel, which is the OFF v. Kotek case. Arnold is the case we're talking about in this video, and it challenged the measure using the state of Oregon's constitution, while the federal lawsuit, the OFF case, challenged it under federal law and then also the Second Amendment at large. Now, originally, the federal court judge in the OFF case put a temporary halt on the permitting scheme, the permit to purchase, and pretty much just prevented it from going into effect for 30 days from that original deadline, which was December 8th. However, in the Arnold state lawsuit, the Harney County Circuit Court judge, Judge Robert Roscio, granted an outright TRO, which halted the permitting scheme altogether temporarily, and then also the magazine ban as well temporarily. And that was again, a temporary halt, a temporary TRO. And then subsequent to some of those TROs, he also issued a preliminary injunction, which again, just simply meant that there was going to be a temporary halt on Measure 114, and that was again issued by Judge Robert Roscio. But the big question going forward was what was going to happen? What was his final decision going to be? And we just got the decision from Judge Robert Roscio out of the Harney County Circuit Court there in Oregon. Judge Roscio just stated in his order that the Harney County Circuit Court is issuing a permanent injunction under Oregon Revised Statute 28.020 declaring ballot measure 114 unconstitutional, thereby permanently enjoining its implementation. The order goes on to state that the court is preventing the undue burden of ballot measure 114 from being imposed on current and prospective gun owners who have a right to lawfully possess firearms for the purposes of defending themselves and the state against imminent threats of harm. The court using its equitable power declares and adjudges ballot measure 114 facially unconstitutional in all of its applications under Oregon Constitution, Article 1, Section 27. Ballot Measure 114 is permanently enjoined from implementation. So again, that is a huge win. You just had a state court, a state judge in Oregon, strike down Oregon Measure 114, their permit to purchase, and then also their magazine ban. The judge in this case used Bruin and also reviewed the Oregon State Constitution to find that the gun purchase permit restrictions and then also the magazine ban is in fact unconstitutional. Therefore, he struck it down in its entirety. Now, the question I think for a lot of people in Oregon is what happens now going forward? Now, keep in mind there was already a TRO and a preliminary injunction, which prevented the permit to purchase and the magazine ban from going into full effect. I suspect that that will completely remain the same and now even more so will have full force and effect because of this permanent injunction and this final merits decision by the judge here, Judge Robert Roscio. The question, of course, going forward is what is the state of Oregon going to do? I have pretty much no doubt that they will appeal and eventually try to take this up to the Oregon's state Supreme Court and try to litigate this in front of the state Supreme Court at some point. I think the status quo is going to remain the same in the interim, meaning that the uh, higher courts 
probably will not all of a sudden just drastically change the status quo when I just say, okay, we're gonna take back all of these things. We're gonna let measure 114 go into full effect, even though it never actually went into effect. Because again, keep in mind, Oregon measure 114 was never actually allowed to go into full force and effect in its entirety. So again, huge win. I am very happy for you guys in Oregon coming from someone in California with our magazine band and all the other things we have here. I'm very jealous of you guys in Oregon. Huge shout out to GOA. This is a huge win. And again, it's just setting the stage for more wins, more magazine band wins going forward. Again, we have the Ninth Circuit right now in the Duncan Bubonta case. Uh, the Ninth Circuit en banc panel is reviewing that case out of California. So again, things are moving in the right direction. You are seeing that not only on a state level, but a federal level, these types of laws are being struck down because of what the Supreme Court said in Bruin, and we are heading in a right direction. So again, so that is what has happened in Oregon with Measure 114 and their magazine ban and their permit to purchase. Now we're gonna jump into a discussion about what is going on with pistol braces. The ATF has decided to completely roll the dice and appeal two cases revolving around pistol braces up to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. The ATF has now appealed the Mock v. Garland FBC case and then also the Brito v. Garland case, which was recently decided and issued a nationwide injunction against the pistol brace rule. So now with this appeal by the ATF, that nationwide injunction is kind of at risk. Although the ATF has already lost once in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in that mock case, the ATF has decided that the lesser of evils for them is to appeal once again and hope that they can maybe get some sort of different relief from the mock case or maybe even the Brito case. With these appeals, I also suspect that the ATF will quickly follow up with requests for stays of the injunctions, which can put that nationwide injunction at risk. Now, if you're not aware, recently in the Brito v. ATF case, Judge Matthew Kaczmarek issued a preliminary injunction which blocked the pistol brace rule in its entirety while that case proceeds forward in the lower court. So that was a nationwide injunction against the pistol brace rule that a lot of people were talking about. This decision by Judge Kaczmarek springboarded off of that recent decision by a different federal court judge, which was Judge Reed O'Connor, in the FBC Mock v. Garland case. However, in the Brito case, the judge there, Judge Kaczmarek, went the extra mile and granted the request for an injunction against the entire pistol brace rule nationwide. You may recall that in the other case, the FBC mock case, the judge there, O'Connor, issued an injunction, a preliminary injunction, but only protected the members of FPC and the organization itself, along with some individual plaintiffs that were named in that case. Then there were some other organizations like GOA, NAGR, SAF, who also got similar protections in their lawsuits under the district courts there in Texas as well. So a lot of these cases built off of what happened in Mock, and then the Brito case was issued, which gave nationwide relief, but now all of that is at risk with these appeals. The Fifth Circuit did not decide all the factors for the injunction, but they did rule that FBC showed the hardest aspect of the preliminary injunction test, which was a likelihood of success on the merits. Now on re-review, all Judge O'Connor was deciding is if the three remaining factors for an injunction were in fact met, if they were present, and what type of potential relief would he grant to FPC. And on re-review, Judge O'Connor ruled in favor of FPC, granted the preliminary injunction, which ultimately he limited it to just a protection for FPC and their members. The prior Fifth Circuit decision coupled with this new decision by Judge O'Connor put the ATF in a really bad position. 
One of the critical things with this remand was that FBC was given the factor of likelihood of success on the merits, and now any appeal by the ATF once again up to the Fifth Circuit will also put them in a very hard position because, again, the likelihood of success on the merits will be credited to them when the Fifth Circuit re-reviews this case. Mock was kind of the first major pistol brace win and kind of set the stage once again for the Brito nationwide preliminary injunction that was issued by Judge Kazmarek. Now, after that mock case, Judge Kazmarek also ruled against the ATF on the pistol brace rule. He used the mock decision as a starting point to then rule that the pistol brace rule must be stayed in its entirety. So that again was a stay on the entire rule and that was a nationwide injunction. Now with the mock preliminary injunction and then also the Brito preliminary injunction, the question was, what would the ATF do in response? Well, the ATF has finally answered that question. The ATF is now completely just going to roll the dice and is filing appeals of both of these cases up to the Fifth Circuit. Now, this is definitely a risky strategy since, like I mentioned in the mock case, the Fifth Circuit has already reviewed this issue and they already found that there was a likelihood of success on the merits when it came to the APA violations. So all the Fifth Circuit will review in this Judge O'Connor injunction, which was granted, is whether or not he properly reviewed and found the other remaining factors. Again, this is not going to go the ATF's way. However, I think the ATF cares a lot less about winning the injunction appeal, but instead what they are really focused on is getting a stay of the mock decision and then also that Brito nationwide injunction. The ATF is going to ask the Fifth Circuit for stays on the Brito nationwide injunction, and if the Fifth Circuit does not grant that stay, then I anticipate that the ATF will go up to the US Supreme Court for an emergency stay. You may recall that recently, the ATF was successful in getting two stays in the Vanderstock ATF Frames and Receivers case. In that case, the Supreme Court issued a 5-4 emergency stay in favor of the ATF. That recent stay likely emboldened the ATF to try to get the same type of relief and stay in this nationwide pistol brace injunction case and then also in the mock case. So the ATF is going to risk the interlocutory appeal in the hope that they can probably get some sort of similar stay either from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals or from the Supreme Court. This is something that I anticipated and I made a video about when they first issued this nationwide injunction. I anticipated that one of the routes that the ATF was likely going to go down was still an appeal and then also a request for a stay and then go up to the Supreme Court. And that is probably what the ATF's plan is now. And that's why they feel filed an appeal in both of these pistol brace cases. So the nationwide injunction on the pistol brace rule is a little bit in trouble right now, but the hope is that the Fifth Circuit both denies this stay then also rules against the ATF on the appeal. I think that it's very likely that the Fifth Circuit will deny the stay and rule against the ATF. But the big question right now is what will the Supreme Court do? In light of what they recently did twice in the Frames Receivers case, I am not as confident in the Supreme Court right now, especially when it comes to something like a nationwide injunction. The Supreme Court seems to be very much against nationwide relief right now. So the potential is, and I think the ATF is banking on the Supreme Court being against a nationwide injunction on the pistol brace rule. So that's what's going on with pistol braces and just a quick update. And now we're going to jump into the final topic for this kind of recap podcast. And this is going to be what is going on right now with the Texas oppressor freedom issue and all the things revolving around the made in Texas efforts, uh, the made in Texas oppressor efforts and its current, um, you know, it being lifted now to the Fifth Circuit for consideration. In this video, we're going to be discussing a law which was passed in the state of Mississippi and which is essentially piggybacking off of the Texas oppressor freedom lawsuit and those current attempts in Texas in the Fifth Circuit 
to eliminate the NFA and ATS regulation of made in Texas suppressors. This Mississippi law in combination with the Texas suppressor freedom lawsuit aims to create a state-by-state -state movement, which will essentially deregulate these suppressors, which are made and stay exclusively within certain states. Now, the Mississippi law that we're gonna be talking about in this video is HB 912. HB 912 was sent and signed by the governor in Mississippi earlier this year. Honestly, I had no idea that this law was even happening until some of my viewers on the recent Texas Suppressor Freedom case, um, the video that we put out, they mentioned this Mississippi law, told me to look into it, and I was surprised to see that another state was trying to piggyback off of what Texas was doing. Now, the purpose of the law in Mississippi is to provide that a firearm suppressor manufactured and remaining in the state of Mississippi is not subject to federal laws and regulations governing firearm suppressors. The law goes on to prohibit state and local government authorities from enforcing federal regulations on suppressors made in Mississippi. The law requires that state funding must be withheld from any government agency in the state that adopts a rule or policy which would help in enforcing a federal suppressor law. The law then goes on to also remove a bunch of state criminal codes in a bunch of criminal code sections, uh, which essentially involve the possession of suppressors. And so they're saying maybe if you possess these made in uh, Mississippi suppressors, then you would potentially not fall under some of these criminal codes. In essence, the goal of the Mississippi law is to copy what Texas did with their Texas Suppressor Freedom Law and apply it to their specific state. The law, however, is completely structured in a way that it is contingent and tied on the outcome of the current Texas Suppressor Freedom Lawsuit, which is Paxton v. Dettelbach. The Mississippi law, although passed and signed, actually states that it will not take effect until the Texas lawsuit is resolved by the Fifth Circuit and eventually by the Supreme Court. Now, for those not aware, the Texas lawsuit, which is referenced in the Mississippi law, arises out of Texas House Bill 957, which passed in back in 2021, I believe. HB 957 aimed to exempt from federal regulation all suppressors that are made in and remain within the state of Texas. The claim behind this law is that since these items are made and sold exclusively within the state of Texas, they do not fall under interstate commerce and therefore they fall outside the purview of federal regulation by the ATF. Now, after Texas passed this law back in 2021, the ATF sent out a warning letter threatening that they would in fact enforce the NFA and GCA's regulations and restrictions against these made in Texas suppressors. And as a result, Texas, along with some individual plaintiffs, sued the ATF. This case was then submitted to a federal district court in Texas, the Northern District of Texas, and it was submitted to the judge on cross motions for summary judgment. Well, after reviewing the case, the district court judge granted the motion for summary judgment in favor of the government, in favor of the ATF. The court ruled in favor of the government under the rationale that the plaintiffs in the case lacked standing to bring the lawsuit. Well, in this decision, the lower court judge stated that the parties only contest whether plaintiffs have suffered an injury in fact, again, one of those elements for standing. And on review, the judge found that they had not suffered an injury in fact, and therefore the plaintiffs in the case have no standing. In their recent brief to the Fifth Circuit, the state of Texas stated that this case warrants oral arguments because it raises issues of exceptional constitutional importance. Do Texans have standing to challenge the constitutionality of those statutory requirements before applying for permission and paying the tax? And does Texas also have standing to vindicate its quasi-sovereign interests in its citizens' health and safety? Now, I know in the past when I've covered this Texas Suppressor Freedom case, some people have commented, well, this doesn't really matter for me. Maybe you're in Montana or some other state. Some people believe that this Texas Suppressor Freedom case only applies to the state of Texas. And that's not really true. The Texas case is now being reviewed by the pro-Second Amendment Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. 
there's been a lot of decisions coming out of the Fifth Circuit and some of those lower courts, which have impacted a lot of things nationwide. And then also remember, there are more states than just Texas, which are under the Fifth Circuit. And then now you have some of these other states like Mississippi, which are trying to be proactive and kind of piggyback of, off of this Texas law and piggyback off of this lawsuit. And ultimately, this is one of those cases which will, I think, eventually make its way to the Supreme Court, at least request Supreme Court review. And then, of course, any decision by the Fifth, uh, Fifth Circuit and any decision by the Supreme Court will have broad application going forward for a bunch of other two-way cases and really could open the door for more states, maybe even your own state, to pass a uh, law which is similar in nature to what Texas did and Mississippi is doing, uh, which deregulate suppressors on a state-by-state -state basis. Again, some states like Mississippi are already being proactive and have already passed state-level laws, which are trying to piggyback off of the Texas law and take effect immediately once the uh, Supreme Court or the Fifth Circuit upholds this case. Now, in Mississippi, HB 912, it states that this act shall take effect and be enforced from and after the date that the United States Supreme Court rules in favor of the Texas Attorney General and the state of Texas and its passage and implementation of Texas House Bill 957. And then it talks about also the specific case, Paxton v. Dettelbach. So the Texas Suppressor Freedom case has huge ramifications going forward for the potential state-by-state -state deregulation of these types of suppressors and other items. But I just want to remind everyone, just in case, that right now the ATF still treats these items as regulated and subject to the NFA and GCA's restrictions, and they will still go after people who engage in this type of conduct if you don't follow a Form 1, um, if you don't follow the proper procedures. So again, keep that in mind. Also, for those of you in Mississippi, if you're watching this, your state law is not active until the Paxton case is resolved. So again, keep that in mind. Now, again, hopefully the Fifth Circuit gives us another pro to a win, and then maybe we get this case up for Supreme Court review. So that's just a quick recap of what's going on with these three main topics this week, the Texas Oppressor Freedom case, the Oregon Measure 114 issue, and then also the pistol brace issue. I hope you guys found value in with this topic, in all these topics. If you want more comprehensive overviews, of course, you can go watch the full videos over on the uh, YouTube side of things. If you're not aware, I have a YouTube channel. It's called The Armed Scholar. But again, this is going to be something I'm going to be doing every single week, releasing a quick podcast recap of some of the main things that have happened in the two-way world this last week. Again, every single week, we're going to be releasing this. Hope you guys found value in this. Again, don't forget to follow, share, leave reviews. But regardless, thank you guys so much all for your support of the podcast. And never forget, this nation was built by armed scholars, and this nation will be maintained by armed scholars.